Hey, chiropractors and marketers, we are ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. Today, I'm going to dive right in on an interview with Darcy Sullivan. She's been on the show before, and she deals with a lot of the SEO for us and helps us out and really keeps us up to date. Today, we're going to really break down the 17-point marketing checkup, and she has written a really good blog article to to coincide uh, with this episode, and the link will be in the show notes. And this is going to be your ultimate guide for reviewing your marketing efforts. We're in July. Believe it or not, it's the second half of the year. It's scary, but we got to plan for that second half of the year. If you followed our show and our Facebook group and you worked on your marketing strategy for 2018 back in December, January, then yeah, you had a full year plan, but every quarter we're we're reassessing and definitely at the second half of the year, uh, we're reassessing as well. And, And this is a good time to not only make sure your 2018 wraps up well, but also to reflect on the first six months and make sure that everything went well and just see what didn't go well. You know, use it as a learning experience. Measure some of your analytics. What are some of the things you struggled with? What are some of the things you excelled with? How can you improve? Really take a pulse of your first half marketing strategy and then use that as kind of a guide to also help with the second half of this year. So for today, I'm going to skip our typical intro. I'm going to dive right into it. It's a little bit longer of an episode. Uh, This is my interview uh, with Darcy Sullivan. Have a great holiday weekend, 4th of July. I hope it went well for you. This is being released the day after. So hopefully everybody had a nice day off and ready to dive into the next half of this year. We will talk to you soon. This is my interview with Darcy Sullivan. All right. Welcome to the show, Darcy. I appreciate you coming on again for the second time. We always enjoy having your knowledge on the podcast and in the Facebook group. So welcome. Tell us a little bit about what you have going on these days and we'll dive into it. Okay, great. Well, thanks again for having me. Right now as we're doing this, it's the middle of the year. So a lot of companies are looking at what they did for the first half of the year and are ready to make some adjustments to their marketing plan for the next half. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I I worked with a handful of chiropractors back in December to plan 2018 and told them about, you know, every quarter you got to look at stuff, but then definitely we're hitting that second half of the year and it's a very valuable time to review what you did in the beginning part and then make it a great second part of the year. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, glad you're coming on. You know, you had you written a uh, a nice, really well developed and robust blog article around 17 point marketing checkup, and so it's kind of taking the pulse of your marketing efforts. And I, I know a lot of chiropractors do some marketing, but they don't they don't really challenge what they're doing, or they don't check up on it. Uh, sometimes they don't plan it. And I think this will be a, a really good guide for them to see where they're at on some stuff. So what uh, was the precipice for you writing this this particular article? Well, like I said, you know, the middle of the year is approaching next week. So it's really a good time to just say, okay, are we on track for our goals for this year? And even if you're listening to this and it isn't that time of year, it's a great time to visit your marketing plan to look at over, you know, once a quarter, you want to take a look at things and say, are we headed to meet our goals? Yeah. And I know for me, 
being in South Florida this summer is a good time for me to do this stuff because we're slower. But for some of our chiropractors, they're they're busier. But it's uh, always a good time to do it. So let's uh, let's dive right in. For number one, you got developing smart goals. Tell us a little bit about that. Right. So smart goals mean that they're specific, they're measurable, attainable, relevant, and time bound. So to say that you want to do a social media blitz just to increase brand awareness, that's not really a smart goal. Whereas, you know, we want to see spring in 70 new patients in September from our Facebook ad campaign. That's a very specific time-oriented and dedicated goal that you're going to be able to measure more effectively. Perfect. Yeah, I try to be transparent with my audience as much as I can, and I I definitely don't have all of this figured out. And I can attest to making that mistake back in January with uh, Instagram. I've had such a poor Instagram presence, and my actual goal was just to have a good Instagram presence, which is not a smart goal. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. So, but I'm getting, I'm definitely... um, started to uh, set some smart goals for Instagram, but I made that mistake early on. So you could apply what you said about increasing, say, traffic, whatever the particular strategy is, is is actually have some attainable written down goals with that. So perfect. All right. And uh, number two is, so for our audience out there, I'm going to roll through all 17 today. And, and Darcy's going to give us a little bit of information on that. And if you're, uh, you know, at your desk or writing it down, do that. Um, at the end, we'll give you the link to the actual blog. Uh, but I highly recommend uh, checking this out. So uh, number two is uh, having a marketing plan. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, first things first, you should have a marketing plan. And if you don't, you know, we'll supply the resources for you to put together a basic one. But this should be your guidelines for the way you're going to go to market and not having a plan in place, you're just going pretty blindly. So the next items that we go through really all do pertain to your marketing plan and taking a look at it and seeing if it needs to be updated, if there's any holes in it, and if you're on track to meet those goals. Perfect. I liked uh little checkup you had within this was, you know, one was, have you created a marketing plan? Right. Two was, does your marketing plan include those smart goals we talked about? Three, does your marketing plan need to be updated? And that's one thing I've talked a lot about is I consistently update it. And sometimes I, you know, maybe in Q2, I failed to do something and I'll roll it over into Q3 or just say, you know what? I missed the mark on that one. It's not really relevant right now, or I'm just not going to do it. So I get rid of it. Number four, does your marketing plan have any holes in it? That's a that's definitely a good question. And then lastly, are you on track for meeting your marketing plan goals? So yeah, it's a good way to, to really assess that. And I do feel like there are a number of companies out there that just kind of blindly throw their marketing dollars towards initiatives. So you want to make sure that you do have just a set marketing budget and that you stick to it. Yeah, that's a big one. I want to dive into that real quick because an initiative is different than a marketing plan. And a lot of times people go from initiative to initiative, which I get it, but it's not a real plan. And then when they don't have a plan and when they don't have a marketing budget, they can end up spending too much money or missing out on opportunities or not getting the ROI that they want because there's just really nothing is is set out. Absolutely. So, and it doesn't take as much time as you would think to sit down and plan these things out. So at least you have a map to kind of guide you through. Absolutely. You know, and so many 
chiropractors out there, they, they know what their payroll is going to be. They know what their rent's going to be. They know, they know all their numbers, but then they just completely forget to budget the marketing. So that, right. that's a good point. All right. Moving on. The next one is market analysis. Tell us a little bit about that. Right. So I think the biggest thing that everybody's experiencing is how fast technology is changing. It's changing from the fact that people are now on their smartphones. You can send text messages to your clients and things you wouldn't have done years prior. So taking stock of what's currently going on in your marketplace and how that could affect your potential customers is really important. And also in regards to, you know, is there a new market that you should consider getting into? For instance, maybe you've been focusing primarily on customers and you haven't even considered doing a corporate wellness plan. But if you had done, if you go into that market, you know, you're still using your same, the same, you're doing the same thing. You're just expanding your reach. So it's a good time to just kind of go through and say, is there an untapped market that we should consider? Should we consider our market differently because of the effects of technology? And would breaking into a new marketplace be in alignment with our overall business goals? That's a good one. You know, I, I can think of them over my career. Three big ones that just off the top of my head was early on, I realized the triathlon crowd was a really good market in South Florida. And I resonated well with them based on the type of assessments and treatments we did. And then I think it was 2009 CrossFit was invented. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I realized, okay, that's another good market. And then lastly, a, a big one I got into was obviously the corporate employee type of the desk workers. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Right. Any tips on that? Like if, if chiropractors thinking to themselves, you know, that could be a good market. Is there anything they should do to try to, to research that? Obviously, you know, you know the demographics in the region that you live in, which is going to be very different depending on where you're located. And talking to other chiropractors, I would say you wouldn't necessarily want to talk to your competition. But if you found somebody in a different state who had drifted into a marketplace that you were considered tapping into, you know, you've got, especially on your Facebook group, you've got so many people and such a good resource for people to throw out and say, Hey, I have a question about this. What's worked for you when you were trying to go into this market? Yeah, that makes sense. You know, it's, I've actually done that recently as far as a market analysis I didn't think about, but being in Boca Raton, I've had a, uh, you know, I guess the fastest growing sport down here is pickleball. Are you familiar uh, with pickleball? Yeah, I just didn't know that was. Oh, it's like <laughs> it's like blowing up. Sport. I mean, <laughs> so I was like, you know, what? maybe I should become the pickleball injury expert because I've had a few patients with that. But as I really sat down and thought about it, I'm not a big Medicare person. Um, right. I'm I accept Medicare patients. I do charge them for the stuff that they don't cover. Just. As a, as an aside, they don't cover a lot of things for chiropractors. So it's not an ideal patient for a chiropractor in a lot of ways. And so most people playing pickleball are the senior citizens. And I was like, you know, I don't want to flood my practice with the Medicare patients. So I, I moved on. That was my market analysis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next one is uh, buyer personas. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So this really has a lot to do with what we just talked about. You mentioned the triathlons, the triathletes, the CrossFit people. The way that you would market your message to them is going to be completely different than you would 
a pregnant woman who is coming in because her needs are different. Or, you know, if you did deal with elderly that were going through certain issues that they wanted to constantly see you for, the way that you're going to market to these people is going to depend on who exactly they are. And when you put together your branding and your marketing messages, if you sit down and clearly identify your buyer personas and direct your message to a person, like whether it's Jane Doe, that's the pregnant woman, and you have a real clear vision of her, your tone is going to be completely different because it sounds like you're marketing to one person, the person, the ideal person versus a thousand different people. So this is the idea of identifying your target market, but doing it in a very segmented way. Perfect. Yeah, I'm a big fan of niche marketing and niching down to it hurts sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, a lot of chiropractors struggle with that because technically what we do definitely can help everybody for the most part. Like it definitely right. can, right? So they they feel like everybody is their market, but if if everybody but if you're marketing to everybody, you're marketing <laughs> no one. To nobody, yes, exactly. And so chiropractors do fall into that problem. And I will give myself credit from day one. I've definitely niched um, and it's worked for me. So Yeah. All right. Logo, brand identity, and personality. I know when a lot of companies just get started, they kind of slap some stuff together. And they get so distracted by doing their job, that they forget to kind of circle back and make sure that it really represents the brand and the identity that they want to come, how they want to come across. Also categorized in this, you know, it's your logos, your colors, your typeface, but, you know, as you move locations and you might grow, you might change locations, phone numbers, you want to make sure we have a nap acronym called NAP, which stands for your name, address, and phone number, you want to make sure that throughout, you know, moving and changing these things that every citation, whether it's online or offline, has your correct information. And I know even you recently did a small change from sports medicine to sports recovery. So you've got to go through and make sure that everything's up to date. Yes, I did do that because, you know, we have the sports recovery center here. And I was like, you know, what? I think overall moving forward, I want to do that. So, yes, I I have to clean up a lot of stuff. And on the same point, too, you can maybe uh, confirm this to me. But, you know, as a practice and as a practice that's been around for a little bit now, you're going to have associate doctors that come and go. And then a lot of them will be tied to your practice. And so you probably want to refresh that as well as they come and go. Absolutely. And another thing to that comment is sometimes you'll see some websites and people have their pictures on there that are their corporate pictures, but they're from 10, 15 years ago. So when you meet the doctor for the first time, you're like, you don't look anything like your picture. And so <laughs> it, it defeats the purpose of yeah. having that connection by putting using real images. Yeah. Yeah. It's like online dating, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, all right. Perfect. That's a good one. That, that, and I, I am in the process of that in my marketing as far as that one word change is, is making a difference. And I'm going back and, and updating some of that stuff. All right. Cool. The customer journey. Yes. This is one of those things that again, too, I think is so easily overlooked. And it's the decision path that people go to before they decide to come see you and then the sales cycle. And this also ties into 
retention that we'll talk about in a little bit, but you, you know, you want to make sure that you've mapped out how people find you, you know, what decisions do they make? Are there any pieces of content that you can push to them and show them during certain stages of their decision-making to make sure that they're going to come in and see you? Yeah. The touch points are important. The, the patient experience or customer journey, all huge things. This one and then the next topic are two things that I did over the years that has such has made such a big difference. And uh, when I bought and built out my office space, I did it in such a way where I, I wanted the touch points to be memorable and I wanted the the feel of the office to be that. I just really wanted it to be a big part of our focus and it has been. All right, good. Okay, so yeah, the next one is that retention slash uh, customer loyalty. Yeah, so it's amazing. A 5% increase in your customer retention can increase an average's business profits by 25 to 125%. I know that usually when I first get on the phone with a potential client, they're just, I want more presence online, I want my name out there, but they kind of don't necessarily set aside specific funds and energy to make sure that they're really taking care of their current customers. Yeah, you know, that's a big one. And I um, I also like what you said, what it says here is it costs between four to 10 times more to acquire a new customer than it does an existing one. And the chiropractic profession has fell in love with the term like new patients and new patient marketing and right. new patient acquisition and, and everything's been geared towards getting new patients. Even to the point where I remember in school, they were talking about, you know, new, the new patient is the lifeblood of your practice. And, and I'm not saying new patients aren't important. We, we get that. But one of the biggest things that I did four years ago for my practice was to focus on the retention side of things through my marketing and what I call the, uh, middle, sorry, the, the middle and after units of marketing where it's so important to make sure that you are optimizing that so that they stick through their treatment plan as they should and the communications there. And then when they're done, they come in for things and, and you're always top of mind awareness. So I, I couldn't agree with you more on this one. And this one also ties into something we had mentioned before, you know, the way technology plays a role. So you yep. can send reminder text messages, you know, even old snail mail, sending reminders and just being on top of mind is a really great, great way to keep in contact with your current customers. No, it really is. If I could tell chiropractors one thing out of this is to make sure that you do that aspect of your marketing. Don't only focus on new patients. All right. Next one is website and on-page SEO. I mean, this in itself could be a whole. I think <laughs> well, it actually, has. I, guess I think it has. <laughs> yeah, it probably, yeah, it has. There's just a couple of things that are important to kind of hone in on here because I could talk on this for hours, but your website should really be your best salesperson. So you want to make sure that you have it in a manner where it's not just talking the tech talk of what somebody's, what you're going to do when you see the chiropractor, but you're also focusing on the problems. So if somebody's searching back pain, neck pain, that they're going to find you. And I think another thing that people kind of overlook is we keep hearing everything has to be mobile friendly. And people think that just because the site appears on a mobile 
device that it's mobile friendly, but Google goes much further. You know, you can't have images too close together. And there's other factors that make things mobile friendly. So it's not just, oh, okay, my website fits. I'm one and done. You know, your website, you do a great job of this, always having new relevant content on it. You want to make sure that it loads quickly. As you mentioned about doctors going in and out of practice, you need to take some time to go through it and make sure that there's no outdated information on there. Oh, absolutely. I see a lot of businesses, chiropractors in general, I'll speak to them. Their website is essentially a online business card and it's not an actual salesperson like you mentioned. Right. So you want to make sure too that, you know, when somebody arrives there that they have a clear site and they know what to do. So if you want like a new visitor orientation section, you want to make it easy and you want to make it easy so they're not bogging you down with phone calls. So if everybody's asking about your insurance information, make it very obvious on your website. Save your save yourself. Yeah, we could have a whole another episode on that one, which I'm sure down the road uh, we will. <laughs> All right. Social media. So social media, I know that some people rave about how great they're doing on social media and some people just shrug it off. But I like to think of it as the game Monopoly, where you kind of the goal is to be everywhere. And as new social media channels just keep on approaching, I think that the game plan should be just to grab your profile and complete it, even if you decide you're not going to be as active on that channel, because there's nothing worse than a chiropractor who's in a different state that has the same company name as you grabbing and taking that social media sector that you want. And then people are looking up on Facebook and they're coming up instead of you. Yep. That's not good. Yeah. Total web presence. You want to be all those things. You want to claim your listings. You want to fill it out. And then, yeah, obviously the next one is utilizing, right? And that's where you've got content marketing. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, obviously, content marketing overlaps with SEO. It overlaps with social media. And content marketing is a method based on creating just relevant content, specific calls to actions, usually to attract and retain customers. You want to meet them during their sales cycle in a place with the right content. So you want to make sure if you're just starting out and you're kind of bogged down by this term that you keep hearing people talk about, that you just kind of start with what are the five to 10 most frequently asked questions by the people that come in and just start with generating content around that. Yep. No, that's good. That's a good point. I've talked to people about that before. They're like, oh, I can't think of ideas. Like, are you talking to your patients? <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, uh, that's that's your uh, muse right there is your patient base. And you can get uh, some really good topics to then talk about and write about and social media about. And so uh, it's all right there for us. We have a, a really good opportunity to get great content from our actual patients. And two kind of points to that. One is that you want to make sure that you're talking to your audience in a level that isn't too technical. You know, you don't want to like doctor speak to them. You want to talk to them in a way that they're going to understand. And you want to make sure that whatever you do create, whether it's on your website or another piece of content, that it's really easy to read, that, you know, you've got headlines, that you've got bullet points. We don't, people just don't have the attention span that they used to. So they're only going to go over the highlighted items. Oh, absolutely. So, and then there's a bunch, like 
we're going to share this blog article. There's a lot of good content within your <laughs> different <laughs> headings there. So it's perfect. All right. Next one is online paid advertising campaigns, pay-per-click and social media paid advertising. Right. So I know some people don't love the idea of paid advertising because they feel like they're just throwing their money away. But there's some really great information you can find from running ads. For instance, you can test different ad copy to see who's going to click through, what ad copy, what keywords people are using. And this is going to allow you to, even on your overall SEO campaign, include the tactics that people seem to be interested in, you know, relate to better when it comes to the wording and when it comes to the imagery, because, you know, you can't do that when you print a brochure. But if you run a small ad and you test those items before you invest in something that's that you can't change as readily, you've got information to back why you did what you did. Yeah. And I think for a lot of our chiropractors out there, they need to figure out what category they fall into personally. We got some that can do this um, somewhat on their own, run Facebook ads and and they'll spend the money on it and they're not afraid to. Uh, that's great. Um, if you've got more time than money and you have the skills to do it, you're a millennial, great. Um, then you got the other camp that uh, could write the check for it. So I recommend writing the check as far <laughs> as having someone do it for you. <laughs> right. And, you know, they, they fall into that, have more money than time or more money than time and uh, knowledge in this field. So definitely uh, write the check. Then there's folks that just don't believe in it. And I think you need to change that mindset on it is, is that you have to have a marketing budget, which you mentioned earlier and ad spend does go a long way to it. Uh, but then you have to actually show some of the ROI on it, but uh, don't be afraid of the, the paid advertising. Right. And I think it's, you know, with your overall marketing budget, it's still comes down to the good old 80, 20 rule where, you know, you're going to try a hundred different things or whatever different tactics, but 20% of your marketing efforts are going to give you 80% of what's coming in. So, you know, you've got to try some of these new technologies and new options. And even if they don't work, at least you'll know you, you don't have to, invest like you used to when you would buy an ad in a magazine and you were set for, you know, you had to run it for six months. You can just, you know, test a small budget, see if it works for you. If it doesn't move on. Perfect. All right. Speaking of a witch moving on, um, <laughs> <laughs> partnership JV, which is joint venture, uh, programs. Right. So this is just the, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people miss out on opportunities like this. I think you do a really good job with this, but doubling up with people that are in non-competitive businesses can really benefit people, benefit yep. chiropractors. Oh, I agree. Uh, a couple of things I've done with this, I've done it multiple times, but, um, Right now, I'm running the virtual summit on injury prevention for triathletes, right. and there's seven of us uh, pre presenters in this, and they've all submitted the videos and all that, and I've basically partnered up with them around this niche and the amount of marketing those six others are doing mm -hmm. to promote that is huge for me, so it's a great uh, kind of partnership I have with them going forward on this. 
And it positions you as an educational, you know, leader in your field by putting on these events. And, you know, as you mentioned, doing it with six other people, it takes out the added cost and it gives you a whole new set of people to market to. It does. And, you know, and I want to touch on that real quick as far as the, so that being kind of like an educational leader in a sense and not to, to mm-hmm. toot, not to toot my own horn, but that's what I did in my community. And, and frankly, that's what I've kind of done in the chiropractic profession. And I've been asked to speak at six different conferences coming up in 2019, just based on that's that, great. you know, yeah. like it, and so it, it just, for, for the audience out there, you know, I don't say that to, to boast, but it's just, it should open your eyes to what can be, what can be accomplished if you become the educational leader in your community and you start to look at that as your real driving force, your practice, it's amazing the results you get, you know, people in your community will look to you for answers, uh, treatment and the reciprocity that it builds with the other industries in the community is really amazing what it can do for you. So I I challenge the the chiropractors out there to have that mindset. It's a a good point that you, that you brought up. I think too, you got to make sure that it's in a niche that you have a lot of passion behind too, because that's going to set you apart. Yeah. You can't fake it. You know, you got to, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Perfect. All right. So email marketing. Right. So when we're talking about this, we're talking more about your MailChimp, your active campaign, constant contact, mass email list. And this is a big missed opportunity from some people that aren't in constant contact with their customers or their database. And you you want to be able to reach out to them, but you don't want to reach out to them in a here's our company newsletter update. You want to, you know, connect with them on stuff that matters to them, not what matters to you. And people do change their email address and their job regularly. So you want to make sure that you're using a clean list. And if people haven't opened up or clicked on your emails in a long time, you might want to consider doing a re-engagement campaign just to make sure that you can still be active with them. Yeah. I started emailing my patients four or five years ago, uh, weekly, And that's been a a game changer for me, for sure. And as we're talking about email before we jump to the next thing, when it comes to your personal email, it's always great, too, if you can have your staff add a call to action in their signature. It's kind of like a free advertisement. Good point. I like that. All right. So customer testimonials, reviews, and reputation management. Yes. So I don't know when the last time everybody sat down to Google themselves or their business, but step one is set up Google alerts so you can start to manage your online reputation. And if you do have negative reviews, which happen, just make sure that you're responding to them in a professional manner and that you attempt to fix the problem. People think a bad review is the worst thing, and it depends on the level of the review. Some people would give a three out of five stars when they have the exact same experience as somebody that gives a five out of five stars. Yeah. And I actually, um, did a podcast, uh, episode on, I think it was hug your haters. Jay bear wrote a book (laughs) named that. I I read that kind of applied it to the chiropractic profession. And yeah, it's, it can be a really good opportunity to actually, um, turn them into a a raving fan. Yeah, it really can. And I, I, but I mean, I know it's a dig to the ego before people are ready to take a step to 
take some actions and fix it. Yes, exactly. Um, all right, perfect. Uh, print marketing. I actually am a fanboy of print marketing, so go for it. Oh, good. <laughs> Good. So I just have a little story about this is I went to go see a specialist doctor. I had a great experience with the doctor. He was very knowledgeable. The staff was all very friendly. I went to go check out and make my follow-up appointment. And instead of handing me a printed appointment card, they just used a scrap piece of paper. And my level of professionalism and the way that I viewed them just completely changed. And, you know, you think of other arenas like dentists and um, veterinarians that send out the postcards that say it's time for a checkup. So there's definitely still a very big place for print. And when it comes to retention specifically, you just, you know, don't overlook it. Yeah. One thing that we did in our our, uh, reception area is I got rid of all of the magazines in there that I had and just other ancillary pieces of information and replaced it all with our content. And so I've, That's great. yeah, I've written a golf fitness book in the past. I wrote the, um, the desk jockey book. So that's out there. We do a quarterly four page, like open up nice color printed newsletter. Mm-hmm. That's there. Uh, I did a consumer awareness guide that's branded to us. And and then we have these healthy desk jockey info cards, like the ergonomics card and micro break. And so that's the content that is in our office, in our reception areas. And I think you touched on something there, the, the branded content, where it's not something that there's stuff that chiropractors don't have to necessarily produce themselves, but they can get their logo and branded, branded as their own. Absolutely. So yeah, I think that's a key point for people to consider. All right. Marketing tools and software. Yes. This refers to the people that are very involved in doing the marketing on their own. There's lots of software, whether it's Buffer or Grammarly or any kind of analytics system where a lot of times you sign up for free for the first 30 days for a tool, but they take your credit card and then you forget to cancel it. So you just want to go through and look at what services are you paying for that you either are or aren't using. And if you're not using them, ditch them. And if you are using them, oftentimes if you switch to annual billing instead of monthly, you save a bit. Yeah, I use a lot of that stuff now. It's so helpful. <laughs> it, it is, but it can be overwhelming too. Yeah, it can. Grammarly was like, you know, sent from the gods for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you Love sent that. it to me. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, perfect. Um, educational media presentation and outreach. Okay. So this is kind of another section where things just got bundled together. So this didn't end up being a 72 point checkup (laughs) here. You just want to go through and make sure if people are making presentations on your behalf, or if you're at trade shows that everything, all display materials and presentations are up to date. Um, you don't want anything out there misrepresenting you. If there's been advances in technology and you offer new services, you want to make sure that those are highlighted in the type of educational items that are out there. And then also grouped in here are business network affiliations. If there's any that you should join that could really enhance your bottom line, or if there's any that you're paying for that it's time to ditch and then consider outreach programs like conferences, trade shows, networking events, guest blogging and writing presentations on podcast and press releases. Perfect. Yeah. Being a guest on a podcast is always good. Yes. All right. Last one. 
Revenue Tracking, Budgeting, and ROI. Yes. So this kind of wraps things up and you just want to make sure that you're actually tracking the dollars that you're spending on marketing to make sure that you are getting the ROI that you need to get. And, you know, you want to make sure you do set a budget, you follow it and see what you could do to improve your ROI on your marketing campaigns. Yeah, this is so, so key. I wish people would do more of it. So it's very, very helpful. Because I mean, if your ROI is good, people ask me, "Is like, oh, how much should I spend on this?" Like, I don't know. What's your uh, your ROI? Because let's say for every dollar you're spending, you're getting three in return. I right. mean, heck, heck, you like the sky's the limit is what you could spend, right? Right, and and this comes down to just making sure you know that you have good Google Analytics on your site. You know, you've got analytics tracking. Okay, if you have a landing page, are people filling it out? Well, you know how much you spent on the ad. You know how much how many people are filling out the information. If you do a snail mail campaign, just, you know, have something attached to it so you can figure out how much money is coming in based on how much is going out. I appreciate that. I'm going to give them the, um, I'm going to put it in the show notes as well and in our Facebook group, but the URL for this blog is uh, propelyourcompany.com. So like propel, P-R-O-P-E-L, yourcompany.com forward slash marketing dash, or sorry, what is that? Marketing dash checkup. There we go. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, I'll put it in the show notes and in the Facebook group and stuff. So thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me. This yeah, was fun. this was good. And this is really covers it, you know, and, and a lot of people will get bogged down with what they need to do. And this really highlights a lot of it. And then they can dive into it deeper with this particular article. Yeah. And just, you know, don't take on everything at once, but decide what is going to give you the biggest bang for your energy and put your efforts to that and then move on from there. No, that's exactly right. It's a, it's a process, not perfection. So pick one that you're weak at, work on it, move on to the next. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show with Dr. Kevin Christie. Tune in next week for another episode that will enhance your marketing, business, and practice growth. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Dr. Christie's Modern Desk Jockey podcast and share with your desk-sitting patients. In the Modern Desk Jockey, Dr. Christie provides health and wellness best practices from some of the leading experts in the corporate wellness industry. Remember, chiropractic practice isn't easy, but it shouldn't be overwhelming. Keep leveling up.